Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Abolish Abortion Missouri podcast, where we believe children are a heritage from the Lord, and we are working toward the complete and total abolition of abortion in Missouri. I'm your host, Brandon. This is episode three, and as of the day that this episode is released, we are quickly closing in on one month since Roe v. Wade was overturned. And yet, as the movie says, babies are still murdered here in Missouri. And so we want to know, why is that? Why is that? We were told Roe v. Wade being overturned would take care of it, and it hasn't. Why is that? Ultimately, it's because there aren't enough people who believe in the complete and total abolition of abortion. At least uh, not enough people who believe in it, believe in it and act on it, which we know means ultimately they don't really believe it. So today, then, is the episode that in many ways should have been our first episode. We're kind of backtracking, as I said I wanted to do, uh, because we know that the first step in abolishing abortion is helping people to understand why that is the mission, why that must be how we approach this, why it's the only logical and, and much more importantly, the only biblical position to take. So that's what we're doing today. We want to tackle the subject of what it means to be an abolitionist. So I've got with me today Kevin Myers, who also serves on the executive board for Abolish Abortion Missouri. Y'all are going to think that we only bring on people who are in the executive board, and that's not true. We'll have other guests at some point in the future, but we wanted to, one, introduce everyone to those of us who are on the board, and two, we want an opportunity to set the stage and kind of lay the foundation for what it is that we're doing and uh, where we're going, both with this podcast and with the mission, um, which is obviously 10 times more, 100 times, 1,000 times, trillion times more important than than a silly podcast. So I've got Kevin with me, and we just want to ask the question, what is abolitionism? So before we jump into the question, Kevin, tell me and tell uh, everyone, uh, our listeners, a little bit about yourself, uh, who you are, what you do, and especially how you got involved uh, so heavily and so greatly in this this fight for preborn babies. All right. Well, it's a it's an honor to be on the podcast today. Um, my name is Kevin Myers, and I am a sinner that was saved by the grace of Jesus Christ, and um, He saved me in my youth, and um, and I was always taught to be against abortion. We we followed the pro life um, um, suggestions, the pro life movement. Um, growing up, but we were we were seeking to be biblical and saying, "Hey, we want to we want to fight for for the preborn. We want to speak up for those who have no voice." But we accepted the pro life movement's idea, thinking, "Well, essentially, they're wanting the same thing," and so and that there was nothing really wrong with with, with how it was being um, contended with. In my twenties, I was living in Florida, and a a brother. And Christ came to me and said, do you realize that there is an abortion mill in town? And so I had, before that, I had no idea that you could actually know where it was happening. And so we went out and we began standing at this, at this uh, death camp and pleading for babies' lives. And Christ learned, uh, taught us so much about uh, um, 
how to how to plead for them, how to bring the gospel to that to that sector, how to uh, how to be biblical in that area. As he was, it seems, uh, teaching us that we ought to be biblical in how we do things, not necessarily pragmatic or how, following uh, professionals' guidelines. But what does God say? And then do that. And so I stood outside of abortion mills uh, from that point. I'm not sure. It's about 2006 or 2007. And then um, down through the years, continued, got married and moved back into the Kansas City area um, in 2010, standing at the abortion mills uh, there. And it was at an abortion mill in KC that I first heard about um, about abolition and now uh i i am serving as uh in in a church serving as a pastor um in the kansas city area and uh the lord has graciously given me um a, a virtuous woman to be my wife and we have uh, five children on earth and they are a great blessing uh, to our souls and seeking to train them up to be those who who are ready to be arrows to be shot out um, for the course that God has for them and that they would not be ashamed, but they would speak with the enemies in the gate and just seeking that God would be honored um, in and for and uh, through his, his people. And so it was at the abortion mill that I learned about what abolition was and how it was different from the pro-life movement. That was in 2013. Um, and, and God has had us, engaging um, more and more uh, since that point. And that's so wonderful. And uh, yeah, you, you know, one, you know, I think uh, just about everybody on our executive board uh, has lots of babies. That's a, it's not a requirement. It just seems like it's worked out that way. We really do love uh, children. It's wonderful that you have five. Um, the, Remind me their ages. I'm, I'm asking you this. This is this is you and me talking now at the moment. But <laughs> right, right. Yes. <laughs> remind me their um, ages. Sure. Our oldest, Tirza, is 10 years old, and then um, we lost a little boy in between, William, um, and then our our next is Edward, who is um, who is eight now, and then Philip, who is six, and then we have twins who are about four and a half right now, mm-hmm. Isabel and Henry. Yeah, that's wonderful. Wonderful. Well, you, uh, you, you congratulations, by the way. Uh, Thank you, and, brother. Um, one, uh, something that I do sometimes when people will uh, do something nice for me, it's something even silly, like they might just hold the door for me and I'll say, you know, uh, may God bless you with many sons and daughters. And I get some really weird looks when I do that. <laughs> what, what a blessing. That's, Amen. That's, yeah. That's so precious. I, there, there's something about having um, seeing the value of, of the fruit of the womb that God gives and, and you get used to having them and, and, um, and addressing with them in mind. Uh, I re- remember just walking by, I was at work, just pulling two trash cans with me and someone needed to come by and I said, Oh, excuse us. <laughs> then realized no, I'm not holding my children's hands. I'm pulling two trash cans. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's wonderful. Well, you hit uh you 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 already started touching on on um the fact that that when we say abolition, um, you know, I, I'm guessing that especially right now, most of our listeners know the distinctions, but we're trying to spread this message far and wide that 
abolitionism is uh, distinguished, we distinguish ourselves even, not only from those who are pro-abortion, but also from those who, maybe we could say establishment pro-life, because, you know, you were outside, um, you know, Planned Parenthoods and, and abortion bills and, and things like that before you knew the term abolition. You know, there's a lot of people who have never heard the term sure. uh, who, who call themselves pro-life, but who would actually agree more with us and what we what we distinguish ourselves in. But there is there is definitely a, a way of, of thinking and acting about abortion that, unfortunately enough, is is very peculiar to the pro-life movement. And it's something we deeply disagree with. And, and of course, we would Indeed. say God disagrees with it. So right. so talk a little bit about that. Kind of paint with a broad brush the, 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 the overarching differences between abolitionists like us and, and the kind of establishment pro-life, um, <laughs> pro-life industrial complex or whatever, okay. you know? <laughs> sure. Uh, okay. Well, the thing is that the... The abolitionist mindset, the, the perspective is different from the, the by and large uh, pro-life perspective and practice is different because the two have um, different foundations. They have, uh, you have on the one side, the, the pro-life movement, which is, um, is very well known is rather established, has, has its um, certain level of professionals, the people that have been doing this a long time. So if someone says, I, okay, I realize abortion is wrong, I want to oppose it, I want to um, speak up and do something to help my preborn neighbors, then they will uh, um, many times just automatically go to the pro-life movement and then learn what they can do over there and just join in what is already happening with those organizations those and hear and learn from that leadership how they can oppose this evil but the thing is that much of what is being taught there are things that are true that are very useful and helpful but many of the principles the perspectives and the policies that they use are actually not based in scripture they're based in secular um, thinking. They're based in, in a pragmatic mindset of, well, we're going to do what the experts say are going to be um, effective. And they're going to, this is what actually works. And much of the, of the pro-life leadership and the, the movement itself is driven by people who actually are not um, biblically based Christians. They espouse other religions outside of of the outside of the gospel and outside of the authority of the word of God alone. And so they, so it would make sense that there are going to be some things that they're going to accept because they want to make such a big tent that, that they can say, Oh, well, are you against abortion? Then it doesn't really matter why you're against abortion. You can be an evolutionary pro-lifer or a, or a Mormon pro-lifer, Catholic pro-lifer, um, Jehovah's witness. And they want to make a big tent and gather everybody together. So they, they're going to be, more likely to be more vague um, yeah. about what the truth is because people have all sorts of authority claims and they want to just have everybody together. Let's all work together and, and ignore the fact that, that we're all standing on shifting sand. Yeah. yeah. And so many Christians who are, who are wanting to follow the Bible are, are dedicated to the gospel. They will often find themselves in that group because they don't know there's another group. 
they don't know that there's another way to look at it. And so they might say, well, hey, I'm against abortion. And so I will join this group. And many will assume that basically the group has the same mind view, mind view, mindset, the same viewpoint as, as they do. I know I did basically say, oh, well, I think that we're all the same goal. As we're I all in this together. Certainly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, surely they want abortion abolished just as much as I do. Why, well, of course, that's what we that's what we think. And then there's the evolutionary abolitionist um, worldview, and that is it's not something that someone thought of that we got these experts that said, okay, I think this is going to work best. It's actually just derived from what does God say in His Word. Mm-hmm. So it's not the the gathering of men and their intelligence and 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 cleverness. This is just saying, okay, this is an evil. This is a sin in God's eyes. What is the biblical response? What does it look like to be a Christian in a culture that sacrifices its children under color of law? What would God tell us to do? And so we look in the scriptures, we find out the the precepts, his principles, and then we apply that in there rather than following the, the chariots and the horsemen that people think you have to have. Getting all of these numbers, you have to get these votes, you've got to do this or else it doesn't going to do any good. Whereas we say, we will remember the name of the Lord, our God. We will follow him and trust him to bring the results when we obey him. And we'll just trust him for the fruit. Yeah. So there's a, a, a great difference in those two viewpoints. Absolutely. Yeah. Just uh, entirely different approaches. You know, um, how often do we hear that religion has no place in, in politics? You know, and, and we, we know, we know that all they actually mean is the Christian religion has no place in politics because all politics are religious. We uh, are just Christians who are aware of that. And we say, well, it better be God's way. It better be God's way uh, or, or no way. So um, yes, that is, uh, and, and and so you touch on um, a very important aspect of how abolitionists distinguish themselves, and it is that we advocate for an explicitly Christian approach to the ending of abortion, and nothing, no compromise, right? No compromise. Amen. So one one thing, you know, the first time. Uh, I think maybe the first time that I ever thought of um, abolition as a, as a, as a noun <laughs> instead of a verb, uh, so to speak, you know, um, like, like I'm, I'm for abolishing abortion hundred um, percent, always a little bit like you didn't know about um, these distinctions. And I think one of the first times that I ever was like, Oh, this is uh, there's a real big uh, distinction to be made here was when I saw the Are You an Abolitionist pamphlet whenever, oh, yeah. I, I don't know, when Free the State started publishing them. I've got one here. Uh-oh, I just dropped it. I've got one here. Um, I don't know when they started publishing them, but maybe you know, but they... Uh, it's been at least a year, perhaps two. Okay, two well, years. then it was it was longer. It was, it was further back than that, so maybe it was an older one. I don't know, but anyway. Yeah, there, there was an older version of it, the older edition, so. Okay, maybe that's what it was. Because it, it, was, it was only about, for me, only about four years ago, three, four years ago, um, my, my views on abolition have never changed um, and on abortion have never changed, uh, even a distinctly Christian approach to it. But calling myself 
not pro-life. I am not pro-life. I am an abolitionist. Um, this definitely is more recent for me. And one of the things in that pamphlet that was striking to me was how well it laid out the biblical case for how a Christian ought to approach this. And, and it's called the five tenets of yes. abolitionism. Um, it's the only, you know, it talks about the only consistent Christian position on abortion. So uh, I wanted you maybe to walk through, um, well, I want us to walk through all five of them. We could probably spend an hour on each of them. Uh, sure. And I'd, I'd like to really hone in on um, the fourth, the fourth tenet. Or uh, sure. you, you told me earlier before the show that they sometimes they organize them differently on different websites. But the that the approach that we're taking to abortion is an immediate and uncompromising approach. Right. Uh, I'd really like to hone in on that because that drives more at the distinctions between abolitionism and the pro-life movement. But all five of these tenets are central to Amen. what we believe and how we approach uh, this subject and our mission and the fight as a whole, how we seek to educate others. And so, uh, walk through those if you don't mind, um, and maybe we could even close with that with number four or whatever. Um, oh, sure. Talk, talk more about that one. Okay, that sounds good. I will. Uh, I'll, I'll begin with the first one. And uh, the the beginning is that abolitionism is biblical. It's on biblical grounds, and this might seem obvious uh, to to Christians, which it should be. That should be the uh, the uh, the understanding that we're going to follow this because of what the Bible says. Uh, however, the pro-life movement um, has said, well, you could be a pro-life on, on any grounds. You don't have to go by the Bible. And many times people who, who say, yes, we're against abortion on biblical grounds, then they will, they, they'll oppose abortion. They'll have actions without, without testing by the scripture. Is this the biblical way to do it? Yeah. And so they'll, they will make arguments that are, that completely are devoid of, of what the scripture says. And so it, it is, it's a compromise while, while they're intending to be biblical, they have accepted uh, perhaps a pro-life argument or tactic, assuming that it's biblical. And we want to, we want to prove all things and see what is acceptable unto the Lord and, and follow him. So first, so we want to have the, the scripture as the foundation for what we do. And then that is actually undergirds all of the other uh, of the tenets of abolition that should be the basis. And so that's, we are going to be biblical and we'll see how that builds on because we come to the next one. The second um, tenet, depending on how it's ordered is that abolitionism is gospel centered and the gospel is according to the scriptures is what God has said. So abortion is sin. The true answer to sin is the gospel. So we bring the gospel into conflict with the evil of child sacrifice. And we do that when we are, when we are talking with people in conversations about abortion, if we're standing at the abortion mill, when we are engaging even with legislators, when we are uh, preaching at the, at the rally, we do not shun to give the whole counsel of God. We do not hide the gospel from uh, from the person who's hearing. And that's very different from the, the at-large group of the pro-life movement. They have been, uh, it has been a common practice to not share the gospel when you're talking about abortion, because the, the focus is we've got to turn this person to become pro-life, turn them, maybe they'll consider a, a not 
being for abortion. And so they'll use, um, try to use other means to pull at their, um, their will or their, in their minds, their intellect to try to turn away toward a more pro-life view because that's the focus. And many times, even Christian pro-life groups, I have, I've been to trainings where they have said, keep the gospel in your back pocket and don't take it out or else it could distract from what the main thing is. Keep it in the back pocket. And if they bring up spiritual matters, then you can pull it out and then you can talk about the gospel and why you believe that. Man, and what, so, a, what a tragedy, just the idea that being pro-life would mean that we sentence people not just to death, but eternal death by refusing to even bring it up. That's just um, appalling. It, it is so it is so grievous. And, and, you know, when I'm standing at the abortion mills, I've been told by people, even Christians, you should not bring the gospel up. You should not call abortion sin because that could turn people away from listening to you. And the, the thing is, you just want to save the babies. And I'm thinking, but I am to be following what Jesus says. I don't follow this expert or that professional. I follow Christ and his word. And he tells me to speak the truth in love. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And that's that was when I first started going to the mill. That was why I went. That was the first reason was because God told to preach the gospel to every creature. And these mills are in the world and there are creatures there. And so that was one of the main things pushing me to be there. And so I have to obey God rather than man and they need the gospel. And so I'm not going to hide it from them. I'm not going to hide the fact that I'm a Christian. I'm going there with the gospel as an ambassador of Christ. And we should, and I have found that, that going to people and engaging about abortion is one of the, how you say the easiest things to springboard to the gospel from yeah, yeah i'm talking about abortion it just goes right into the gospel and because because of, uh, abolition is biblical there are propositions in the bible that say hey these children are made in the image of god the imago dei these children are made in god's image and they're being slain in the place of the incarnation where god the son took on humanity where the word was made flesh and dwelt among us that is where children are targeted with violence more than anywhere else Mm. is right there in the womb and so it goes on the basis of creation and on the basis of salvation we are against the abomination of child sacrifice of abortion Absolutely. and so it goes from one to the other showing how the, the gospel is the opposite of abortion abortion is the stronger party making the weaker party take the hit for them saying your life for mine, where the gospel is the almighty God looking to them who have no strength to save themselves and saying, my life for yours. Amen. So it is, it is the, a, a wonderful opportunity to say, I'm going to shine light in the midst of this darkness, and I'm going to tell the truth in a world that loves lies, and then trust God to work in hearts. And so we want to be gospel-centered. Yeah, and, uh, and I'm just and, real fast before you. I just I want to jump in and and, and say sure. you know uh, for those listening, you know, you've you've just you've just heard how to go stand uh, outside of a Planned Parenthood where they're murdering babies and speak to people. You know, just the and and I just really encourage you all to to do that. You know, I know everybody has. Uh, everybody's busy and, and not everybody can do it all the time, but I uh, just really encourage you all to do that. You know, normally I would save those types of uh, action 
items or whatever told totally end but um just yeah kevin listening to you just so clearly articulate how standing outside of an abortion mill and and calling out to people not to murder their babies is just wonderful opportunity to also seek to save their souls you know and amen. cry out for their for them to to be saved amen i was i was out at a planned parenthood just this morning and just mm. preaching and and bringing pointing people to christ we have to we have to be those who are willing to speak the truth in love um to souls that are in rebellion against God and say, be ye reconciled to God. Yes. And it's, it's something that is so vital for, for us to do, you know, in, in a culture that is so dark and decaying, we're to be the salt and light. Yes. Which there you go. There's the segue there for you to, to, to number three. That's right. <laughs> so the, the, the third tenet is that abolitionism is body driven. God has told his church, to be those who are his hands and feet. We are to be the ones. He says that pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, keep himself unspotted from the world, so that it, he has told us to be those to go and speak for the fatherless, to go and help those who are in need. God has, has told us to to go to the to the perishing to strengthen those that are feeble we are to be we are to to seek to deliver them that are drawn unto death those that are ready to be slain he has told us to open our mouths for the dumb for those who have no voice of their own in the cause of all such as are appointed to destruction and so that is that is what he's told us as christians and we have we have a duty before god to love our neighbors as ourselves it is the church of Jesus Christ that actually has the Holy Spirit and has been given the real ability to love our neighbors as ourselves, to be those who can go and, and speak the truth because we have the truth and to go and tell our legislators, what does God say to, to educate and enjoin those who are have been put in that position to do justly in their role? And so it is, it is the church's part to be a voice of truth in a culture where truth has fallen in the street. It is our, it is our role to be the salt and light in the world, to be valiant for the truth upon the earth. So, so it's, it is something that we as the church should do, that churches in an area where there's an abortion mill, that they should say, this is happening on our watch. What are we doing about it? What does it look like to be a Christian in a culture of child sacrifice? And the the thing is to love our neighbors as ourselves. Um, it's not uh, it is not just our our role to say, well, let's find other people who are doing this, and we'll just um, we'll outsource our loving our neighbors. But as 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 good as it can be to support those who are already doing doing work as 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 good as that can be in supporting that and it's a wonderful thing to be able to do that as long as those people who are doing it are actually being biblical and how they do that yeah. it is we really want um churches to take up on for themselves and say how can we direct ourselves directly join hands in this engagement and and do this because 
the fact is that the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. They are. They and are. so we really, we really need the church, the kingdom of, of God to rise up and say, hey, let's go to the field. Let's go to the, the battlefield, the harvest field, the mission field, because that is that is what God would have us do. So that's that's the the body driven. We can go more detail, of course, with all of these uh, tenets. Yeah. And then the uh, well, we'll hop over the fourth okay. and get to the the fifth one, um, which is um, that abolition is is providential. So it's not it's not inherently um, pragmatic, saying, "Oh, we're just going to do the things that that our experts say will work." the things that we have always done before, the things that we have found effective, we're going to follow a providential mindset of saying, what does God say? We're going to do what God says. And then we're going to rest in the fact that our God knows what he's doing, that he knows what will work and will do what he says and trust him. And so, whereas some people would say, don't call abortion murder, when you're at the mill or where other places, because that might offend people. Women might not come and talk with you if you if you do that. When we're told to speak the truth, God doesn't tell us to shy away from, from talking about sin, what it is. And so we, we're trusting the Lord. We say, please don't murder your child. Babies are murdered here. Love your child. Don't do this to your baby. Then that is, then we trust that we've trust that God is going to use that truth in their hearts. And I've had, I've had moms come and talk with me because I showed the truth about what abortion is. Um, I have, there was one mom who came and all the only words she could hear because she had so um, taken in so many drugs to try to get herself hardened to go in that the only word she could hear me say was murder. God made that word very clear. And she heard it repeatedly as I was pleading with her. And she was actually angry with me for saying it, but that, but she turned, she came and talked with me and I ended up giving her and her friend a ride home. And we walked through the pregnancy with them. We were able to um, help them now, uh, help her now after the pregnancy. And so the, the thing is that, whereas some people might say, don't do, don't say this word. That was the word that God used to save that baby. And so we want to we want to do what God says, not just what the what a professional might say is is the wise thing to do. Absolutely. So that would be, and and that's going to cover all the rest of it as as well, because the with the fourth tenet, it is abolitionism is immediate and uncompromising. Whereas some people would say, oh, that's not going to work. We say, well, we follow the God of all knowledge who knows the truth who loves these babies more than anyone else does he's the one who created them and he's the one who tells us what to do and so we follow him and trust that he will do justly shall not the judge of all the earth do right and so we trust him and we obey him we don't do what he says not to do and then ask him to bless it yeah but sadly, that is much of what the pro-life legislative strategy has been. So with, with abolitionism being calling for immediate and um, total abolition of abortion, we're seeking that abortion, that all children would be protected in all stages of their life equally to those who are outside of the womb. 
We're seeking equal protection under the law that is truly loving our neighbors as ourselves. That protection, which you and I enjoy, we ought to demand that for those who are right now able to be torn to pieces, shredded, poisoned. We should be those who are saying, nope, the same protections I have are the same protections that I'm demanding for my neighbor to have. No, that's what we're going to call for, justice and truth. And that is a that is different from the pro-life um, movement's position because they have been committed to another way of responding to abortion. So that they want to make laws and have made many laws across the states and in the state of Missouri to say, well, you, you can't have an abortion unless you have done these things. And so they are and have been regulating the homicide of our neighbors. Right. They've been saying you can't kill your baby unless the less the abortionist that is killing here has admitting privileges at a hospital within these many miles of the building, or you can't kill your baby unless they have clean hallways and sanitary tools and someone with a license to do it. And you do it before the child is this old. And you think you have to think about it for this many hours before you actually have the child killed. All of those things are, are regulating how you can kill a child, not telling you you can't kill a child right and and these these pro-life uh, bills and laws are so often celebrated as as uh, triumphs of justice yes. you know uh, which means we just don't even understand justice because like you said it's it's not equal protection no, equal protection would be to say that that just like I can't order some poison from Colorado and come to your house and poison you, that I can't do that to, to my, my child either. And no woman who has a child in her womb can poison her child. And, and yet what we have said, I actually asked one of our um, uh, lawmakers, legislators uh, last uh, session, uh, wouldn't you, can't you just admit that every time that we make a law that says you, you can't murder your baby after 12 weeks or, 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 or eight weeks, wouldn't you just admit that that is necessarily saying you have license to murder your baby prior to that? And uh, he, he said, yeah, I guess I would. And I said, and you're okay with that. And he said, yeah, I guess I am. And that was that there's the divide. He's, he says on his, his brochures when he runs for law, one runs for office and everything, he always says, I'm a hundred percent pro-life. And, and that goes back to, well, if that's what it means to be pro-life, then I am not pro-life. Right. And I've had some people say, well, this, if they, if someone says that, well, I'm pro-life with exceptions or I'm pro-life, you know, after a certain point in the gestation that they're not really pro-life, but I would, I would have to say that that has actually been the practice of the pro-life movement in their legislation for a long time. And that's actually taught the people who follow them more and more compromise to accept that so that that is those kinds of, of exceptions, or as long as you hop through these hoops, then you, then you're, then that's great. And we have this bill we can celebrate. Then that is what pro-lifeism is. Right. And so we have to understand that that is that 
that we that that is not the biblical response to child sacrifice. But a lot of people will just accept it because that's all that they have been taught they can get. Many times they've never even heard that they could um, call for equal justice. That has not really um, come to their mind as a possibility. Right. And so many people, they think, well, we're doing everything we can when the fact is the pro-life movement has not done what it ought, has not done what is right. We have done things that we thought um, we can do instead of what God commands us to do. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I would love, I would love you know, to dedicate one day, one day we will, you know, provided sure. that this podcast gets to spend a lot of time, but I would love to dedicate an entire episode just to the, the problems with incremental laws, you know, um, all the problems, how, you know, you know, we've, we've talked, you and I've talked, uh, before about, um, you know, the, when we push, when we push the, the the time that you can murder your child backwards toward you know 12 weeks and then eight weeks and then five weeks or whatever are we really stopping babies from being murdered or are we just uh are there just more pills that you can poison your baby with uh being sold and things like that right. so I'd, I'd love to talk about all that at another episode at some point but sure you're hitting the nail on the head that, that ultimately what distinguishes us is every approach that is unprincipled and unjust is uh, wicked, we say, and therefore it is uh, a non-starter. We can't go there. Uh, we can't go where God would not have us go, like you said. And so um, abolition, just a, as an entire, entirely different approach to ending abortion, because we are going to be principled even when we're laughed at, um, you know, even when um, you know, we're like so many, uh, people from the Bible who, uh, had to do crazy things, crazy things, but we trusted it. They trusted in the providence of God that, that we would do what was right, regardless of, of the pragmatics. And so I, you know, one phrase that I was exposed to after I started, after I became an abolitionist was duty is ours and the results belong to God. Duty is ours and the results Amen. are God's. Amen. You know, the, one of the, I guess a, a verse that would go with, with all of uh, looking at what, uh, what an abolitionist says, okay, am I going to do this? Then they, we tested by, by the, by the scriptures and Psalm uh, 119 is one of my favorite Psalms. I only have 150 favorite Psalms, but <laughs> Psalm 119 in verse 126 says, it is time for the Lord to work for they have made void thy law. And two verses later, it says, therefore, I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right. And I hate every false way. Mm. So we have to go by. So what does God say? What are his precepts? How, how has he declared that we are to go about when there is an evil like this? What does he say about justice? What does he say about, about life? What does he say about how to engage? And then we have to reject every way that does not line up, that is not plumb with, that does not square with the word of God and say, Absolutely. we cannot go there because it is not just. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Kevin, we are, you know, we're, I know we're pushing the time a little bit here. Uh, sure. I, I knew this one might be a little longer because, you know, we wanted to lay some foundation I, I, and I'm hoping to come back next week actually. And uh, hopefully you can get back on with me next week. And I thought Amen. we might try to get Joshua in here as well, but hopefully we can get uh, an episode next week where we, we unpack this a little further, especially deal maybe with um, how, you know, the objections to abolition paint themselves out, both the objections often that come up uh, from, from, you know, women, you know, so like, what about rape and incest and, and what about prosecuting Certainly. mothers? And also maybe the objections that come from our lawmakers that we hear all the time. Uh, if you do this, it'll just get held up in court. You know, we, we, you know, the Supreme prior to Roe v. Wade being overturned, you know, we can't defy the Supreme court and things like that. So, Right. One of the big excuses was, was you can't defy the Supreme court. Right. Yeah. What are they doing now? Uh, and, uh, and actually, you know, next week, Lord willing, we can talk cause we'll be right there. I think we'll be right there in a month. Um, oh, sure. Really close uh, since the overturning of Roe v. Wade and already, you know, uh, check your news outlets listeners, because already the, 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 the seemingly monumental, um, blow that was dealt to abortion is is they're working to to come back and, and overturn that they're they're working to overturn the overturning of roe v wade basically already and there's a number of different strategies that are being employed and uh you know they very well may do it and if that's the case then we're going to be right back in the same place as abolition is saying we uh need in missouri to ignore the federal government when they are um being tyrannical when they are making unjust laws, we have to defy tyrants and obey God and do what's right and trust him with the results. So we, uh, we have a lot still uh, to cover Lord willing next week. And then uh, in coming weeks as well, uh, not just in educating people with what abolition is, but also with helping people find ways. We want you all to get involved. Uh, you know, uh, we want you all to, uh, go outside of the abortion mills, Planned Parenthoods, uh, you know, Walgreens uh, now because of the way that that uh, abortifacients are are becoming such a hugely uh, important way for mm -hmm. for mamas to kill their babies, and and talk to people and plead for for people, plead for their 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 babies' lives, plead for their souls. We want you to do that where you can. We also want you to. Uh, get involved and talk to your leaders and your lawmakers. And if you have questions about that, you know, reach out to, to um, us, you know, at Abolish Abortion Missouri, you can find our website on um, our podcast page on any of our podcast pages, but it is abolishabortionmo.org. You can go there, subscribe to our newsletter where we give you um you know, to-do lists and actionable items. You can also just send us emails with questions or um, ways that, that you want to get involved and, and we can help you. We can connect you with other people, even in your area of Missouri or, Amen. you know, other areas of the country. You know, we know abolitionists all over the country now. And so we can help you get involved that way as well. Uh, simple things that you can do. I really encourage you to share this podcast uh, go to the website, subscribe to the newsletter, um, and uh, this podcast should be available on iTunes and Spotify and anywhere else that podcasts are usually available. Kevin, man, thank you so much for your time and for, for being on with, with us and walking through 
what it means to be an abolitionist and just laying out so clearly and so well why not only is it the only consistent Christian position, but it's, it's, it's gospel centered, right? We care so much about seeing uh, Christ honored and souls saved. And, and this is part of the great commission. This is part of the great commission. Amen. We have to view it that way. So thank you so much for being on what else, as we're closing here, what else um, would you tell people that they can do? You know, you mentioned free the States, of course, um, what, what can, where can they go to find out more information? What could they, what else could they do? Some actionable items, especially for people in the Missouri, Kansas area. All right. Well, uh, there, there are places you could go and go to free the states.org and, and look at their articles, um, look, check out the information that they have. They have a, an online store where you can actually get the booklet that you mentioned, uh, Brandon, the Are You an Abolitionist booklet that goes into more details on the tenets and then also talks in there about the uh, the what is iniquitous about pro-life bills and also the components of an abolition bill. You could They could go there and, and look at that. There's also rescuethose.com, which is a, a site that's put together by a, a group of churches in in the in Oklahoma, and it goes through also the, the the tenets of abolition and then other resources that they can they can look at. Um, there are there is there is more than one thing that that can be done in in a certain area, whether you're in Kansas or Missouri, wherever you are, uh, whether you're close to an abortion mill or whether you're far away, that we can we can do to uh, to bring up the conversation to people to expose the evil that is happening to uh, to engage and, and there, there are ways to do it in in society and then also on social media which is like the marketplace of, of today so many people are on there and, and don't really pay attention to what's going on in, out in the real world and so there are ways to be able to bring the truth into into the before the eyes of the public because as as Christians we are to actually lift up our voices and let it be known what does god say about this and that goes for for you know every every um issue every every part of our society every part of our world um, is something that god has the authority over and so we should say what does the scripture say so that i can have an answer ready when people when people ask and so i, I encourage christians to search the scriptures look what god says about child sacrifice look what he says about justice what does he say about mercy what does he say about life in the womb what does god say about the gospel and then so that we are armed when we go out when we come across in conversations so that we can um, guide people through the steps of understanding this is God's view on this and then if God has said this then what can we do but obey him let us make sure that our thinking is based in his word and that where our actions are according to his word and then watch what God does absolutely so so learn the truth and then find ways to to bring it out hopefully in another episode we'll be able to get in the nitty gritty of absolutely we're going to get practical and detailed so stick around and uh you know subscribe and stay tuned as we have so much more that we want to talk about on this podcast in coming weeks well this has been the abolish abortion missouri podcast we believe children are a heritage from the lord and we are committed to the complete and total abolition of abortion in missouri so folks we hope you have a great week and god bless Until next time.
Amen. Abortion must be abolished. 